Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Happy 2023. This is our first episode of the new year, right? It is. That's right. Ooh. Weird to say that. 2023. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody had a great New Year's Eve. Um, ate lots, drank lots, and are now being all super healthy with all of your <laughs> New Year's resolutions. New Year, New You. New Year, New You. How many people woke up hungover on January 1st? I actually thought about that. Kickstart. I was like, what? <laughs> what is the actual statistic for people waking up hungover on New Year's Day. I had, I would say, I don't know if it was like a real hangover. I could, you know, and you can tell you drunk, but you're not like yeah, immobilized and feeling terrible. You're just like, eh, yeah, yeah. I had a done without that sixth. Yeah, that fifth but or sixth one over kind the of, course of many hours, but still. I feel like I had drinks sort of spread out. And then we, you know, we went to the cocktail bar and had like two or three. I think if I'd had one more drink two? at the bar. Oh, no. Maybe maybe three. It would have been like probably bad the next day, but yeah. yeah, it is the 8th of January when we're recording this. I'm now on day eight of not drinking. And so far, I've done this before many times. I'm sure I've mentioned it. And it's always been like, I'm doing some clean eating for 30 days. So I'm like, I've gone to cold turkey on my protein bars. <laughs> I'm not like eating super processed foods. I'm not drinking alcohol. And so far, the only thing I've had a slight craving for is some dark chocolate. Interesting. How much did you eat dark chocolate before? Quite a lot. Like Like daily? In December, I'd say there was daily intake of dark chocolate. Daily chocolate. But, you know, usually I miss right around after week one. Week one is always easy when you do anything. You're like, yeah, Yeah, you're motivated. You're fresh. And then, you know, by the end of week one, I'm usually like, ooh, a glass of wine would be so nice. But so far, I actually have not missed alcohol at all. The real test is going to be next, the end of next week when we go snowboarding. Because I have never been snowboarding and not had alcohol. Oh, yeah, that's tough. And a friend of ours will be out there too, and it's his birthday. Oh. And you're not, so you're, and you're not going to, you're not going to give yourself a pass? Um, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to be open-minded. I'm not going to be like absolutely no way rigid, strict. Right. Um, but you know, if I do have a couple of beers, it will just hopefully just be on yeah. a day that we might go out for dinner for his birthday. But I'm going to see if I can make it like, you know, days on the mountain without booze. I mean, and- gosh, is it, I get definitely that booze cause you know, beautiful mountain lodge and a nice glass of wine at the end of the day or something but what about like hot chocolate and french fries the staples of the snowboarding lunch well i can't drink hot chocolate because it's full of dairy oh that's true they probably don't have dairy ones up there for you okay fair french fry you know i've never actually had a french fry up a mountain where i've been like 
damn, that was good. They've always been kind of like average French fries. What do you usually eat when you like the the classic like stop to take a break at the the you know the mammoth halfway up the mountain lodge? Or... Usually, like because for me it was like it was always I hot mean, chocolate and French fries. I, I think that's all my parents used to buy. Us. I've definitely <laughs> had French fries. Um, I would say like schnitzels are very classic. Oh, you like a schnitzel? A schnitzel. Um, okay. I was like when they have like a clam chowder, but I guess that's also often has dairy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The dairy saves you from a lot of these temptations, I guess, it's, in general. So if you honestly, people, if you are dairy free, you are saved from so many things. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I became a vegetarian, basically just giving up like red meat and chicken saved me from nearly all fast food that would ever cross my path. Because yeah. it's like, oh, if I don't eat that, there's no one's going to. Cheesy salmon burger? Right. Like, yeah, no one, no one's selling it. Well, we had this discussion in California. At least the Habit Burger does do an ahi tuna sandwich. But I think that's the only fast food place I can think of. That... So, yeah. All right. So natural things you're naturally not uh, being tempted by. That helps. So, yeah. So it's the. So that will be the challenge. And, you know, keeping it snowboarding. as clean eating as possible. But again, like I'm not going to, you know, if, if we're having a long day on the mountain and it gets to lunchtime. And there's no like healthy option. I'm gonna do my. Do they serve best. salads at mountain lodges? I'm but sure no they one do, wants a but salad, no one salad in the middle of a cold day. It's not tempting. So what, what do you take? Snacks? Yeah, I'm gonna take a bunch of snacks. Um, I may like take some protein bars just because I'm gonna need some energy from somewhere. I was somewhere. gonna say it's probably and, better than not eating. And if I take fruit up the mountain, then it's getting squashed, and yeah. that's gonna be messy. So you know, I'm I'm gonna probably extend um my no drinking to february 1st because i'm doing my ted talk on february 1st and dress mm. rehearsal is 31st so technically i would end my no drinking on the 30th but then if i have a drink or two on the 30th to go yay i'm going to show up for dress <laughs> rehearsal on the 31st rehearsal. hungover and then i've got to drive to la that day for global entry interview and then it's TED Talk on the next day. Wow. So I don't really want to be hungover for any of that. Yeah, that's, wow, that's a big end of month uh, activity for this you. This is a lot happening in a small um, space of time. Dang. I mean, I would, I, I think you should not drink through February and maybe into March. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> my 12-week challenge, my, my challenge is 12 weeks. <laughs> and not that alcohol is restriction is necessarily a part of mine, but um, I have been uh, since New Year's, um, I haven't had any wine. And I'm kind of toying with the idea of sticking with that for the whole duration of the challenge, just because wine, more than any other alcohol I have, disrupts my sleep. Right. And, and sleep is like, because it's performance focused, um, sleep and recovery is a huge part of it. So uh, I might, instead of kind of fully dry January, because I've had, in the last week, I've had like two hard kombuchas and a beer. Mm -hmm. um, so like nothing, right? Like definitely not a lot. Um, haven't have slept like a champ all week, actually. It's been great. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm toying with like extending the no wine piece, um, but leaving it open to have like, say a gin and tonic or a or a hard kombucha here and there yeah i mean i think like if i do if i do break it when we're snowboarding it'll be for like light beer yeah. i'm not gonna drink wine i'm gonna try and stay away from the hard stuff damn but if you start drinking wine on february 2nd it's gonna be real hard for me to 
sit next to you drinking a beautiful Pinot Noir and me having like a hard Well, the good thing is, conveniently, (laughs) I bought just enough Pinot to last through the Christmas. So I don't have any Pinot in my cupboard. So that means I'd have to actually go and buy some that I like. Okay. So I can hold out. Yeah, if you have to go out. You know, and we have a lot of beers in our fridge left over from Christmas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm probably going to try and stick more to that. Like, I'm, I'm happy to not drink wine for 12 weeks or whatever's left of the 12 weeks. I actually I thought of you that. yesterday. There's um, because you you like that uh, non-alcoholic beer, the athletic athletic brewing yeah. company. So I just saw an ad. They have one called like Lodge Life or something, and it's like supposed to have you know notes of mountain cabin or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I in did. The taste I almost, of a beer. It's maybe their their pumpkin spice. Version. I almost <laughs> bought some of that. Like they, I think they have a stout, and I do love stouts oh so maybe that's it there it's like a so i was thinking i that's you reminded me i i, I should go and buy a bunch of like the athletic brews because some of those we have a little mini good. kitchen in our yeah. in our hotel room when we go snowboarding that that's a... so that could make me feel like i'm sort of partaking without mm-hmm. getting the hangover there you go there we go athletic and the interest company sponsor like to sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> so like the interesting thing about like your challenge and like my 30 days like just out of pure intrigue i think we mentioned it last episode that we were both going to get on the scale for the first time and like i genuinely had no clue like typically by january because i'm not like i haven't like i said i haven't been tracking anything for a long time but typically around thanksgiving through the end of the year there's definitely more boozing there's definitely more calorically dense foods more chocolate Daily chocolate and um, working out stays about the same but you know it's more intake so typically i've made it up to like my upper ends of of weight um and so i was like i really don't know what the scale is going to tell me and interestingly i did not care either like usually if yeah. i haven't been on the scale in a while you pull it out dust it off and then you're like <gasps> Yeah, oh, you, get anxious. you have to do that. Like, and you jumped on breath. just out of pure curiosity. Pure before curiosity. This clean eating challenge. Before clean eating and um, uh, no boozing, and I don't really have. I was like, you know, if I lose a couple of pounds just to take the fluff of Christmas and stuff off, great. But that's certainly not been like I'm doing this in order to lose weight. Yeah. Generally, I do lose a little bit, but it's like in the past I've done this and I've been like, ooh, I want to see like four pounds weight loss or whatever. Yeah. This time around I was like, I just want to kind of like reset my system and feel good and I don't really care what happens with the weight, but I want to just jump on it out of curiosity. And I was five pounds less than I thought I'd be. And the most interesting thing is that Previously, if I jumped on and weighed what I weigh now, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome I'm, number. I'm... That's great. Well done, me. And this time around, I jumped on and I looked at the number and I was actually a little disappointed because yeah. I was, you know, like five pounds down. I bust tail back yeah. like a year ago. I probably hit year, 18 months ago, I probably hit my heaviest weight and I'd been gaining muscle mass little bit of body fat but I could lose that and just and so when I jumped on the scale and I was lighter than I thought and I was like damn it yeah. <laughs> and and it was just a regular scale right not like an in-body not an scan because that's scanner. the thing too is you don't know then if that five pounds down is that muscle and I'm sure 
I'm sure that like I have lost a little bit of muscle mass because I just haven't been lifting as heavy for the last like six weeks um, and had a couple of weeks off. But also maybe it's just that I'm not eating as much or I'm just not holding on to like as much body fat as before. But yeah, it was really interesting to look at a number which I previously would have celebrated and felt like disappointment because like the whole my whole time and this is a part of a changing narrative that's really interesting experience right now mm-hmm. that my whole time doing CrossFit consistently I've always kind of had this image in my own head like yeah I'm I'm gonna be this big strong person like I'm, I'm a big strong person and that's not to say that I'm not strong I'm strong for me but I'm just not genetically a big strong person and I've noticed that every time I look at a photo of myself in the gym and next to people who are big and strong (laughs) I'm like oh (laughs) but I mean also big is so relative right I mean you put a picture of yourself now next to a picture of you at 18 19 right I mean like what was your what was your lowest weight 77 pounds as an adult yeah right so I mean you think about that too right like the dream in that version of Hannah's mind about what it would be to be big and strong, like yeah. you're totally there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting exercise when you kind of your relationship with the scale. And because I know like you mentioned too, you had similar nerves to like get on that scale. and oh, be Like yeah. what's this going to tell me? Very and how is it going to make me yeah. feel? There was a lot of anxiety around that because it has for me. I think it's been I want to say like at least nine months can't remember when we could check back in the podcast uh, archives because I know I talked about when I actually put the scale away under the bed, um, never to be thought of again. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, mine, mine was not curiosity. It was kind of, you know, part of the check in process for the beginning of this challenge was to, uh, yeah, submit some measurements. And that's one of them. Um, although, you know, the definitely the challenge said you don't have to weigh in. Um but I, you know, you know me, I like data. I need, I need lots of information. Um, so I was having a little anxiety because I just, it's been a long time and I used to step on it literally every single day. Um, and so I had the opposite experience of you. Um, when I stepped on the scale, it was about five pounds more than probably what I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know exactly, I mean, actually, I'm not sure if you would asked me a number, I would have come up with one. Um, but I would say in the last like nine months to a year, I I don't feel like I've perceived that my body has changed that much. And so like I know I stopped counting macros and, you know, was a little freer like that, but was always still, you know, doing more like what we talked about on a number of episodes, kind of more like intuitive eating, like focusing on protein. Am I hungry? Am I feeling good in the gym? All these different kind of other ways of thinking about it. Um but my weight was the same uh, within a half pound of my top weight in 2020 when I first started down the journey of like getting a nutrition coach because I had gone through the horrible phase at the beginning of the pandemic of drinking the bottle of wine a day and no exercise mm-hmm. and packing on, you know, quite a bit of body fat. Like it was it was not <laughs> it was not strength gains. Um, and, you know, so it was definitely shocking to see basically the same number now feeling pretty great um but seeing the same number as was there when i was at my worst in like the last three years 
So uh, that was tough. And but you then put pictures side by side. I did. I mean, I right. I like I. I guess I co I coached myself, right? I've learned a lot from you and and other coaches over the years. Like you have to right, like one one piece of data is never enough, mm-hmm. right? So like, okay, yes, that number was shocking, um, and I was a little deflated, but I was also like, okay, whatever. This is the beginning of a challenge or a journey or whatever I'm doing for the next twelve weeks. Um, I had to remind myself that the focus of that journey is performance, not anything else, um, and. Also, everything I've learned is like, even weight, there's a reason, right? Like you weigh in every day, you have a weekly average, and then you track weight over time, just like you would any other metric, um, right? And when you weigh in even a day or two after overindulging on say New Year's Eve, I know it's not necessarily a real number. So I did, I took, went back and looked at uh, progress photos and put them, the progress photo from the very beginning where I was the same weight next to a recent photo and I was like it does not look the same like right I I don't think I have uh yeah that much body dysmorphia or anything where I was like I can recognize that is two very different bodies one so when you saw that then muscle. how did you feel I just felt I needed to keep focusing on the other kinds of data like I was like okay if I'm gonna weigh in I'll do it daily I'll look at the averages but I'm I need other things to focus on and I think yeah check-ins require photos those are more useful um i know not they do not work for everybody and not everyone should track progress photos um because i know that does folk keep the focus on sort of aesthetics of a body but um yeah i think i it, it was a good reminder that the scale is not the only thing i'm looking at what's so. interesting is that you mentioned that uh you know you before you stepped on the scale you were feeling pretty great about you yeah you know you weren't suddenly like holy crap nothing fits I you know feel terrible yeah you feel pretty great and then you stepped on the scale and suddenly that feeling of feeling great was completely jeopardized yeah yeah until you talked yourself off the ledge and you can only talk yourself off the ledge because you've had a lot of coaching you know Mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of hours talking coaching stuff on this podcast yeah and somebody who doesn't have that behind them could go from like oh, I feel pretty damn right. great like my body can perform in awesome ways and I you know I've got a nice balance with you know eating when I'm hungry and mm-hmm. sort of being a little free with what I eat and then all of a sudden you step on a scale and one number yep could completely ruin your day and it's I mean it's you know we've it's like when we talked about a lot of sort of over quantification of what we do right or tracking when like I'd feel great like I had a great night's sleep and then I'd like track or I'd sink my aura ring and my heart rate didn't actually go down that low and so it gave me like a low readiness score and be like oh maybe I shouldn't go to the gym and it's like dude five minutes ago I felt awesome I felt Mm -hmm. like I'd slept like a champ Um, so yeah I mean it's always a good reminder Um, but it's also good to see that like this is like obviously our mental kind of perception and this journey is like also takes a really long time yeah like I don't know if I'll ever be the person who's not a little bit anxious looking at that scale number who has to like talk themselves off the ledge like we all have that mental struggle even after being kind of yeah working on it for but years I do want to highlight that you know what after you'd stood on the scale and been like oh god <laughs> and then you like thought to go okay let's look at the photos of when I first started at this weight and let's look at the photos now and see and 
like you said, and you showed them, she showed them to me. They are different bodies. Yeah, very different. So that goes to show that you have made some impressive muscle mass gains. So you have yeah. the opposite experience. You were able to go like, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that, same weight, but clearly more muscle than fat. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. Where's mine gone? <laughs> Come back. Come back. Yeah. I know. I almost, I mean, I wish... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I if it would be too much to have, uh, like, because I also found myself shopping the New Year's sales for, um, you can get, like, pretty smart scales now for uh-huh. home that actually try to tell you things like body fat percentage and even have, like, little handles that you hold and it runs the current through your body. So, you know, the way, like, in-body scanners work, basically. Um and I was like, ooh. And then I was like, okay, well, this is also dumb. Like, am I actually going to shop for, like, a $400 scale just to, like, so, so I can talk myself tell off you the what ledge, you want to like, hear. like a little more easily. I don't know, or get a little more information. But um, so are you yeah. weighing yourself every single day? So for now, for the first like few weeks, I will only because I I do want to see what an average is, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see an average. I want to see what it looks like across my whole like menstrual cycle, like hormonal cycle, um, just because it's been so long. And then I think after like maybe the first month I mean it's a 12 week challenge so maybe after the first three or four weeks I might not do it again like I'll just tell my coach I'm gonna I'll do like check-in photos maybe Mm -hmm. um but yeah I probably I think I don't think there's any reason I need to do it for the 12 weeks if my goal is actually performance like I should yeah I should get rid of it to like actually encourage if you're not not entirely okay yeah with it then you're definitely compromising the focus on performance right. by having that in the back of your mind right. going like, oh, hey, your weight didn't change this week. Yeah. Or God forbid it went up by a pound. Right. Because literally performance. I mean, like one of the things I tested the other day was a one rep max snatch. It's not as high as when I tested a few months ago. Um, and that is, so I do like, you know, I've got some lifting goals as part of this challenge and but mass moves mass. We know that. Like, like I, do, I shouldn't want to lose weight if I want to actually see my lifting numbers go up. That, that's so. kind of why I was disappointed. Yeah. I was like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> that, those numbers that I used to chase are now getting further away from my body weight. I don't oh, well. know. I, I, but your strength to weight ratio, if we were weight class athletes, like that would work in your favor. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> so with all that being said, we decided... Um, you know, because this led to various other conversations and we decided that it would be interesting to discuss like our top 10 fears our about fears. aging. Because yes. like that was one of the things I think I brought up about, you know, me weighing less than I hoped. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, crap, is this a the on ramp of me, like my aging process where I just start becoming some skinny old frail lady? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talking yep. about aging and some of the things that, you know, we, we fear, we also went um, and joined a friend of ours at an open gymnastics, in a gymnastics gym, yes. an open session. Um, a friend of ours who is a teenager. Who's a teenager, yes. And a gymnast. He's and grown a, up a lifelong gymnast. gymnast. Yes. And we went to, you know, gym with bars and beams and... Yep, a vault and a tumble trampolines track. And, <laughs> and, and uh, aerial silks. We realized then. a few things about the aging process and your ability to launch yourselves into... <laughs> interesting shapes and scary things um which also kind of encouraged the conversation around 
things that we are fearful of yeah. as we age. Now, I, I'm slightly influenced, obviously, because this is a body image related podcast. So I, I kind of listed mine like 10 being the least worrisome down to one, the most worrisome. Okay. And the aesthetics, which do take up the bulk of the list, because I was kind of thinking in terms of body image, yeah. were actually you know, make up the the lower end of things. And then as we get closer to one, I actually start to move away from aesthetic things to do with aging. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you kind of coached yourself away from aesthetics being the most important. I did. So I figured we could kind of play age-related fears tennis. I like it. Um, Because I don't really have mine in order. Um, Because I I don't know. Yeah, mine are, there's definitely some physical, there's some mental ones too. Um, why don't you go first and then I'll try to sort mine also by least scary to okay. most scary. So um, the number 10, which is very, very superficial. Okay. <laughs> but it's just definitely like body image related. Droopy eyelids. Like I have Whoa. noticed that like in the last couple of years that my eyelids are starting to droop a little, which changes like the shape of your eyes and how like, you know, I've never been like, my sister got like big shiny blue eyes Uh and I have more like almond shaped eyes, but they've never been like big and giant. But now my eyelids are starting to droop. It makes them look smaller. And I'm like, oh no, that's not good. And there's really nothing you can do about that apart from surgery. Which really creeps me out. Have you ever seen, like, images of eyelid surgery? Eyelid surgery, I know. It's, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's an interesting one. (laughs) Because whenever there's a surgical solution, I feel like that's often what a lot of people, like, gravitate to. Because I don't think there's any other, yeah, there's nothing else no, There's no real way of lifting the droopy eyelid unless you, like, have a facelift or, like, eyelid surgery. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I have a comparable one. Okay. Um, it's it's also aesthetic. Um, I, I think I, I there are some options other than surgery for it. Um, so mine is, uh, it's not wrinkles in general. It's crow's feet, mm-hmm. uh, like around my eyes. So I have, um, I smile a lot. So some of the existing wrinkles, a lot of the existing wrinkles I have are like smile lines. Um, but I feel like as I get older... And my crow's feet get more and more embedded. My eyes get smaller and smaller in photos. <laughs> so, like, when I <laughs> smile really big in a photo, my eyes just, like, disappear. And uh. all I see, like, I, I can, like, look at photos of the last, like, 10, 15 years. And, like, all I see is, like, the increasing growth of my, like, crow's feet on the corners of my eyes. It is kind of scary when you look back. Because especially now we have, like, everyone's got a million photos at their fingertips. And, you know, like, back when we were young, you had to take a film roll to a processes and you weren't snapping a photo of absolutely every part of your life like you do now that you don't notice like aging effects suddenly overnight like it's not like you wake up and you go good lord my eyelids are around my chin it's it sort of creeps up on you like you said and then when you're looking at photos you're like oh Mm -hmm. oh and when you get like reminders of like hey here's a shot of you 10 years ago and then you're like Oh, got oh, it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> My face is changing. Look at that. Dang it. So yeah, that was a very superficial one. But yeah, that's okay. It's it, it, you're right. We all have superficial ones. The next one is also superficial. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Volley back to you. Um 
just that my legs will get covered in cellulite. And that's not... Is that a normal fear? Or is that like a normal uh, progression of how cellulite works? I mean, I think like as you get older and everything... You're not going to have cellulite on your shins. Well, no. (laughs) But it's just like being able to wear like little shorts. It's like... Do I pull the plug on that at one point, at some point in the future, or do I just own it? But you know, I just as everything starts to kind of get less firm and tight. Yeah. And if I do lose muscle mass, no matter how hard I try, yeah. Then I just feel like that's going to be something because it's something that like genetically I'm prone to. That it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be there in like increasing quantities. Okay. And I I don't know how I feel about that. That is one thing that is, it's annoying because it literally is, you can definitely make it better, but right. it's genetic. The cellulite is genetic. Like you're yeah, not absolutely. covered in absolutely. cellulite because you don't take care of yourself and you're overweight. Yeah. You have cellulite because it's the way, like the fibers under your skin and the fat yeah, cells sit. Yeah, it's actually sit. like exactly how the cells are structured. It's like and... you're not genetically prone to cellulite. No. Not and at my all. Mo- like my mom doesn't have it. Yeah, it's definitely stretch marks, but no cellulite. So yeah, that's a that's a fear. Okay, so mine, I, I, I like this. This is volley. This is helping me sort mine because um, again, I've got an answer back to that. Um, there is, it's not genetic. There is something I can do about it, but it's still a fear. Um, the uh, when I wave the tricep flap. Oh, the bingo wings! Jiggly bingo wings! Bingo wings! All <laughs> oh, right, because of course you gotta play bingo. Yes, okay. When you like, hold wings. up your number and you yes, you're right. I got bingo. So yeah, um, the that was one of the things I noticed when I started lifting weights was all of a sudden like you build tricep muscle mm-hmm. and it doesn't jiggle when you wave at people and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like I'm gonna stay strong the rest of my life. But as we age, maintaining muscle mass gets harder. So yeah, like, uh, what if what if those the wings come back? <laughs> um, and well, now I Rachel kind of even when I wave, wings. if I'm on video, I'll like be flexing at the same time. So it waves. <laughs> I have a stiff wave that's like awkward. I'm just gonna make you um, wave. All yeah, the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's one that yeah you know. Um, because I feel like I feel like I, this is one of those things that some people listen to our podcast and are like, oh, we know stuff yeah, about now you now, yeah. like. Everyone's going to be like, hey, Rachel. Yeah, over everyone's going to wave at me every here. time they see me from a distance. Try to get Rachel to wave and check out her tricep flap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Actually, interestingly, that that leads perfectly into my next one, which was saggy skin. Okay, yeah. You know, like you can plump up your face and do stuff like that. But then, you, you know, you see like when you're standing in the the skin's starting to kind of creep over your kneecaps a little bit. Saggy knees. That's, that's oh, saggy our listeners knees. know all about your knee lift. Like, <laughs> your knee lift I issues. didn't. I purposely didn't put that in there specifically. I was like, I've said that so many times. But just like general sagging. And like one thing I've noticed is like the skin, at the you know, around your chin, around mm-hmm. your jowls, that's starting to get a little looser. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. How loose is that going to get? Is it going to start jiggling when I talk? Well, I mean, right? Like now, even now, some plastic surgery is like they'll take fat from some part of your body and inject it in your face or your neck mm-hmm. or something. So it's like you could just maybe maintain a little more body fat and then you don't have to have it sucked out of one part well, of that, your body. Well, that is another reason <laughs> that as you age, you don't want to, if possible, get yeah. too skinny because yeah. it enhances all of these yeah. things that we're talking about. I mean, maybe not droopy eyelids, but like, yeah. you know cellulite saggy skin absolutely 
I think the my crow's feet thing too, right? Like it's not like we hold a lot of body fat around our eyeballs, but the rest of my face, I definitely think about like, oh yeah, if I lost a lot, that would start to sag and crag a little bit more. But um, let's see. Okay. This is like, oh, well, I mean, it's akin to maybe the cellulite because I don't, I, I think it does have some kind of maybe hereditary component. But my next one, I'll, I'll go with, um, I'm really afraid of arthritis. So Ooh, like arthritis, yeah. right? Because like that's something you total like it's a almost like a stereotype you hear about, you know, older people having arthritis, like osteoarthritis. And exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's different like rheumatoid arthritis. There's other conditions like autoimmune stuff that younger people have, and like that's a different thing. But just like that sort of yeah, general. What what which what kind is it? The osteoarthritis. Osteoarthritis. Yeah. Where, you know, just eventually your joints start you know, all the stuff that keeps them all nice and lubricated and, you know, all of that goes away and it's just bone on bone. And really all it is is like pain and discomfort. And that sounds like the worst. Like I just, like, I don't want to be one of those people that like my hands hurt every time I want to hold something or like my knees hurt. Um, Interesting. I have this on my list, but it's way further down. But like we did a really tough workout yesterday morning, like wearing weight vest, like 34 mm -hmm. minutes long. And then Later on, we went out to a bar, no drinking, um, for a friend's occasion. <laughs> Drank some water, sparkling water. As I was water, stood there, like my knees began to ache and my hips were yeah. achy. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's, that's, there it is. There's yep. some old age body and being. I definitely do not remember my ever being like, ooh, my knees ache when I was like in my 20s or even mm -hmm. 30s. Like it's, that's just not. So, so yeah, whether it's general joint pain or arthritis, whatever I'm naming that fear it's um yeah like i i fear that kind of just wearing down of stuff we really take for granted like mm -hmm. our f hands and fingers not hurting when we like pick up our purse or like not even anything heavy right just do something like a turn a doorknob mm -hmm. um so yeah arthritis there's my okay kind of physical getting into less superficial i guess but i'm, I'm sticking with superficial for now okay <laughs> my number seven was skin tone changes. So you know, like, as you see sort of people progress through, like, when you see older people, they just have a different skin tone, like slightly more pale, mm -hmm. kind of, unless they baked in the sun their whole lives, um, or a fake tan gurus. Um, that's one thing I've noticed. Just It's just a little bit that, you know, and I see it in some photos that, like, you know, the the dark bits under your eyes just are that little bit darker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm actually amazed. And I, I think it has improved a lot. Because when I look at pictures of myself towards the end of my sailing career, I had a lot of visible, like, sun damage. Like, you know, joined freckles all over my forehead. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the brown yeah. spots. And, like, the one of the worst ones that appeared was, like, all around, like, the mustache area. And in some photos, I look like I've got a mustache because it's, like, the oh, pigment yeah. in my skin was always really dark. I used to get a lot really of freckles dark. over my lip. Yeah, over my lip. And you but, <laughs> I never thought about it as it's a freckle stash. But over time, since I've spent a lot less time out on the ocean and in the elements, that's really faded. I'm sure there's obviously still damage there. But I am surprised that I don't look worse like my hands look really, really old from sun exposure, but I, you know, they, I was. They don't actually. They do. For those of you who can't see your hands, <laughs> I was not never that bad. <laughs> particularly great with sunscreen, especially when sailing in England because it was rarely warm. Right. So you'd go. I got more burnt in England than anywhere else because you'd have bright sunny days. The sun's reflecting off the water and off the deck, 
and because like it's, it, it's not hot up. yeah you don't think like you need the kind of heat to trigger the sunscreen thing but rarely would i ever put sunscreen on my hands or even if i did it would get washed off so quickly that yeah. my hands are considerably more old looking than my face and i'm surprised at that but i've definitely noticed like that slight change in skin tone hmm. and i just i i mean it's one of those things like there's nothing i can do about it Apart from cake my face and makeup, every I was gonna day. say, are you gonna start like you can fake tan your whole life? I mean, I that's uh, too much of a commitment. I'm, I'm super pale in general, so I don't know how much more pale I can get. Like my winter skin is already pretty pale, but um, okay. My next one is is also funny, and there's nothing I can do about it, and it is superficial. Um, back to that. Um, so you, you heard that thing that like noses and ears keep growing until you die. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, I actually I, didn't put that on my list, but I am terrified of my nose always, getting any bigger. I've always had like, um, yeah, I, I, I have like my dad's nose, like the Johnson side of my family. It's my nose. And it's like, either some pictures where I'm just like, oh my God, my nose is, it's like big, it's wide. There's different angles. I look at it, right? We, yeah, whatever. We're tough on ourselves. My ears also kind of, I wear my hair up a lot in ponytails. And so my ears also kind of angle out and I'm like, and I just remember thinking when I heard that for the first time that um, that they just keep growing. I was like, how much more can it grow? Like, if I live to be like 90, is my nose going to be like three <laughs> inches across? And my ears are going to be like these amazing big old Dumbo ears? I feel like, like it's – I'm sure it happens to both, but like – you don't often see like old ladies with gigantic ears, but old but you men, do. old men, I know, having. I've seen and some sometimes with big noses ears. too. Like it's like I see it. I've I've seen like because of course whenever you're like hearing these rumors of like they keep growing, someone will throw up a like a picture of some man at the age of thirty and at eighty, and you're like, I can see it, like absolutely. But what's you're that? right. James Dame Judy Dench doesn't have like. What's that movie with Steve Martin or... where he gets that? big nose or has that big nose that's oh this like Cyrano de Bergerac uh, story the, uh what is the Steve, I'm gonna have to look Martin it up one. I'm gonna have to look it up but that's how I always thought when the first time I ever heard that you know noses and ears grow mm -hmm. and like you know I've already got a freaking <laughs> big nose and you know that's the one thing growing that, like Pinocchio is different like away from your face I, I'm, I'm thinking mine's growing wider but <laughs> We're going to look hilarious when we're old. If everything that we imagine is going to happen to us oh, actually happens, we should just yep. laugh. Yep. I mean, honestly. Because we'll we think should... back to this podcast and be like, we called it. We should sit down. 40 years ago, we were way too much wine. Envisioning this. And just laugh. If we make it that long, we're definitely not doing dry January. Gin and tonics <laughs> oh, <no>. every day. <laughs> Hard pass. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I that was the one thing that I always was like, well, you know, eventually I'm probably going to have to wear glasses. And that's actually on my to-do list this year, have an eye test because I haven't done that in years. Mm. But the one thing that I was like, if I ever actually have to wear glasses, at least that kind of like hides the nose a little bit. <laughs> so, you know. It, it's true. It, it, yeah. Glasses are a face distraction. Um, okay. Uh, I think it's me. Yeah. Number six is spider or varicose veins. Have okay. you seen them? Like, especially for people who lift a lot. I have like some spider veins. Varicose I've... ones are the ones that are thick and, yeah, the lumpy. and stick out, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got one yeah. little spider one that's just, it's not too bad, but I'm like, mm, that, that, that's there. And then like, I think it's my left calf right in the middle. There's like one oh. tiny little dimple of like 
a varicose vein. But I know some people who are way, way younger than me yeah. who have way worse. And it's, you know, it's not that's surprising. Like nurses have like, 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 like there's lots of things that cause those, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a pretty common thing. Yeah. Um, and anyone who's been athletic, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Because originally I was just like, oh, you only get those if you're really unhealthy. And then I was talking to my mom, I think, and she's like, no, a lot of people yeah. who was, you know, You're athletes. right. I mean, I think sometimes it is like you, if you have like vascular disease, like they can be an yeah. indicator of that. But you're right. I mean, like I, I have the ones on my legs. I've had a couple here and there for, I mean, since I can remember, like since high school, college, yeah. playing volleyball. I and don't like know. this little hint of the one that's the varicose vein that's on my left leg has been there for like 10 years and has never changed. Yeah. It's exactly. never got like when I first spotted it, I had these visions that within a week it was going to be like this right? ropey old mess that I <laughs> just to keeps get growing, growing, growing. Well, we but, can, uh, you know, we can we can have have another plastic surgeon on. But I also hear those are pretty easy to fix with like lasers. Yeah, you can you can you can deal with them. I remember uh, my German teacher at school had a really gnarly one. And my mom was actually in the surgery when it was done. And it was parents evening, like the night before the surgery. <laughs> so she was like, she sat down to like, obviously get the lowdown on my German skills. And he was just like, he round, he wrapped it up with something like, I guess you're going to see me in a whole new light tomorrow. Because like, he's sitting across from the woman who's going to see him naked the next day. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I was that's, like, that's awkward. Awkward. Um, okay. I think I'm kind of, well... Uh, in some ways, I'm out of the aesthetically superficial ones. This next one is both, uh, in some ways superficial and yet profoundly um, terrifying when it comes down to it. Um, I am afraid of not being able to wipe my own bottom on the toilet. <gasps> that was always like my my out. <laughs> like you can put me down when I can't do well, that. So, okay, this is um, without, you know, going down the road of TMI or something like here's uh, if you ever wake up like I wake up sometimes with like a crick in my neck. I have like big traps. I'm kind of trap dominant. So often when I like tweak my back or my neck, it causes me to not be able to like turn my head or like twist my body. And it's like and I notice when that happens, when you're on the toilet and you try to like twist to the side to grab some toilet paper, if you can't turn your body that way, like that's like my kind of uh the precursor i guess of like oh my gosh like if my body can't do this like now when it's a tweak in my neck from sleeping or like i'm sore from the gym like get a bidet right yes well but when we went st- to our I mean, when we know. went to our airbnb <laughs> in palm bidet. springs over christmas they had them on every bidet? toilet oh wow and uh dave's sister was like standing facing the toilet and like we were laughing about it and i was like let's see how it works and i just pressed it onto like low level Oh. And it like squirted yeah, I was straight say, out. Like, at you kind of have to be sitting but on the toilet. For that low to level get. was violent. I was like, yeah, wow. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You're right. Tech. A lot of the things that we're scared of, technology can help us. But I'm also like, okay, I just need to make sure like my my spine and my neck work well enough where I can sit down on a toilet, turn to one side, and like reach behind me. I mean, by <laughs> like, the time I feel like that's a problem for you, pro- we'll have robots wiping our asses. You think? Well, okay. Maybe. Again, I guess you're right. Ultimately, almost. Would you let a robot fear... wipe your butt? Oh, duh. <laughs> like I need to think about that. <laughs> never, never been presented with such a question. Um, I mean, actually, a I mean, a bidet is almost a robot washing your butt. <laughs> so we already do a wiping. A robot with you know like just physical touch. Maybe that's different, but um, yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to we'll look back at this list and I wonder how many of them technology could 
alleviate or fix for us actually i mean like all of them really because there's technology i mean I you know. can have surgery for droopy eyelids you can have uh like there's technology for cellulite um, you can have injections and stuff that True. supposedly make that better. Some of mine I'm getting to are like mental. Though, Saggy so skin, I, you can I have a body if... lift. Skin tone changes. I don't know if you can do much about that, but laser treatment certainly. IPL certainly. Yeah, changes like, stuff like that. Spider veins and varicose veins can all be dealt with with lasers. Freaking uh, lasers. Well, what are you afraid of, Hannah? All of yours are fixable. If you've got a lot of cash. <laughs> That's true. We did talk about how. So don't get old yes. unless you're rich. Um, is it my go? Um... Yes, did you I, I just did wiping. Wiping. <laughs> wiping. Not being able to wipe. There you go. <laughs> That's your reason to do mobility, mm-hmm. people. Um, okay. Number five, so we're halfway through, is just that general, and, you know, we've talked about this before in terms of, like, approaching menopause and the changes mm-hmm. that most females experience with menopause, like some weight gain in the midsection, just generally being a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, like, weight gain that try as you might is or you know just the transition like as we get older typically we all get a little bit softer yeah which is totally fine and totally normal um but i think for me it's not so much how that's gonna look it's like as somebody who's always been sort of a control freak Mm. especially when Mm. it comes to my own body there Mm. is going to be a limit to the control that i have over that and obviously as you know, but like with the saggy skin thing, as you age, things age, things change, and you can't keep everything as tight and you know looking exactly as you looked when you're 20 years old. It's there's no such thing as like the youth pill yet that you can take, and <laughs> you just your skin never changes and you never kind of droop anything. You know, we've 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 each got 40 plus years of gravity working on us. That's true. So yeah, just that kind of like you know, in the next decade. I'm sure that things will change and I will gain some weight in some interesting places that just wants to sit there and I have to make my peace with it. Do you feel like that, like making peace with that or sort of giving up that control, um, will, do you think that'll impact like what you do athletically? Like basically, because when I hear you say that, I'm like, well, that's going to happen and I want to keep lifting heavy as long as possible, hopefully the rest of my life. The, what heavy is will change, but... I mean, it's it's interesting because... That's like, what will help me keep muscle mass, right? Females or... in my family have not been super athletic, have mm-hmm. not trained ah, okay. hard, so have a lot of, and yeah, comparison. in particular, weight trained. Yeah. And I intend to lift as heavy as possible for as long as possible because it's so important, not just for muscle mass, but bone density and, you know, yeah. all of that st- good stuff. Um, so I don't really have a model of somebody that I'm related to to look at and be like, oh, you know, I should be able to weather the, the storm of yeah, the menopause right, right. and come out the other side yeah. being able to do what I do now and look pretty decent. Yeah. Um, that's not saying that everyone in my family looks terrible post-menopause. That's not the case. <laughs> um, but no one has trained in the way that I train. That's so, fair. You're right. I feel the same, actually. I don't know. I'm trying to think of my family. I mean, my, yeah, you're right. I mean, my mom is very fit for her age still, um, but it primarily her athletic life was like running, mm-hmm. walking. So like, you know, endurance and, and cardio, not, not a lot of weight training in there. So, I mean, I don't have kids, but my goal, I think for, you know, 
10 years time when I'm in my early 50s is to have the young people in the gym who are in their 20s still go, oh, damn. Yeah. Because I like <laughs> oh, I get so much pleasure now. And it's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll laugh even harder when we're in our 50s that, you know, the fact that we're in our early 40s and younger people are like, wait, what? Yeah. What? It's like, you're yeah, doing that workout with a weight vest on? You don't disappear <laughs> when you're when you're 40 years old. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's I think it's more just like my physique will change, even if mm-hmm. I'm on top of all of my training and I maintain good nutrition and all those other healthy yeah. habits. You can't stop the I, process. I will get a little softer and I'm I'm already like in this interesting phase of like gone from. I need to beat myself up every single freaking day because that's what I do mm-hmm. to like, no, I, I want to train in a way that's enjoyable so I can come back and enjoy it again because I definitely got to the point where I beat myself up so bad, like probably even like 18 months ago where I just hurt all yeah. the time and I was becoming, I would still show up to train, but I was miserable and I'd set like was setting expectations as if I was a freaking 20 year old yeah. and I did have to have a word with myself like this is silly like this is it's okay to say you know what I freaking hate this workout I'm going to change it or I'm super freaking sore I need to do something <laughs> different like Friday like, yeah. when I was just like no I'm just gonna go lift and I was already like you know I haven't felt 100% for a couple of weeks so I was like I'm in no place right now to test a one rep max lift yeah without walking away just horribly disappointed which is a shitty mindset to start the year so I was like I'm gonna lift to something that feels heavy today and then I'm gonna back it off a little bit and try and work some technique and then I'm gonna walk away feeling like this is productive yeah and I'm gonna come back tomorrow without being super sore and without being in a bad place mentally yeah and that's a big shift so I'm hopeful too that in terms of like the body image and what you can control and can't control that I can also be like hey yeah lower stomach is not as firm as it used to be and <laughs> that's okay exactly no one, <laughs> no one's no one's looking at it at that point I feel like if I'm worried about my what my lower stomach feels like or looks like when I'm 80 my priorities are definitely wrong but yeah. Um, okay, well, I think so. My next, I'm, I'm, mine's definitely like shifting now into sort of, uh, I guess, the performance phase of this list. Um, but you kind of mentioned, you know, impressing the kids. Um, so my next one is actually, um, I uh, am afraid of not being able to like play with my like nephews and nieces and like like kids in my life that I, you know, that um, I think when I when I went to visit my brother last um, and uh, saw my nephew who was born during the pandemic that I just got to meet for the first time last year. And um, I, I talked about kind of how the, the sort of physicality of like playing with kids and how grateful I was that I was like, oh, I'm like so glad I can, you know, do push-ups with my nephew, like sitting on my back and, um, you know, keep up with like two young boys and then just go to bed exhausted at eight o'clock when they do. Um, but I think like, that's definitely a fear, right? Like, and them in particular, uh, but also just in general, like when we went to the gymnastics gym earlier this week, it was like, that stuff's fun, right? Like it's fun to be able to play still. And I don't want to get to a point where like my body can't take that. Like I can't do fun things with my nephews if they want to 
go to the zoo all day if they want to, you know, yeah, like wrestle around on the floor and play the push-up game and jump on a trampoline or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it just feels like it'd be such a shame to get to a point where your body can't do any of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, my number four is, I think, my last kind of purely superficial thing. That is hair loss. Oh, like early on in the pandemic, I didn't feel particularly stressed about anything, but for some reason, a boatload of my hair fell out of my head. Okay. Like I don't have, like I've got a decent quantity of hair, but it's super fine. So when you bunch it all together, that's not, doesn't feel like a lot. So literally every time a strand of hair falls out, I have a mild panic attack, but it was like shampooing my hair and like handfuls of it came out. To the point where, like, I had clearly, like, you guys can't see on the. I'm pointing to like <laughs> my hairline on the left they side. They can't see when we're pointing to our faces. Like receded, like visibly, to the point where even when I, well, you know, I could go back to my hairstylist, and we were talking about trying to change my part to be able to cover it. Thankfully, mm. and you know, my mom has suffered from like, she's got really thin hair on top now, mm-hmm. and she used to have a good quantity of hair. Um, so thankfully it has since grown back um and i am all set and ready to use any kind of like hair growth serums if it happens again or like when it happens because it probably will happen again but that was straight terrifying okay just handfuls of hair falling out yeah having a receding hairline at like the age of 40 was like yikes time to buy a wig yeah i mean it's true we've talked about kind of the 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 fear that a lot of men have right about baldness and but like female balding is absolutely a big deal yeah. and for a lot of people go through the menopause like it's like pregnancy like women typically right. lose a lot of hair yeah, during like, pregnancy like all kinds of things with your hair and your nails when you go through the menopause skin yeah similar thing can happen like yeah. a lot of hair loss thankfully there's a lot of you know there's medications and serums and all sorts of things that work wonders yeah and if all that fails wake time but yeah i was not ready to be bald fair you know it's funny i feel like i i didn't i don't i don't have it written on my list but that's definitely rising i i was thinking when we were thinking about coming up with this list of like i'm 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 afraid like my my natural hair color is just always gonna be ugly so i'm gonna have to like dye my hair the rest of my life i've been dying my hair since i was 16 well, exactly. so like, like... i don't mind dyeing my hair and i kind of like that i can like play with different colors and things like that but i also like during the pandemic so many um well just not just celebrities literally everybody had to stop going to the salon and stuff like that and so all these people were growing out their hair and there were these like really beautiful older actresses who were like on instagram showing their like hair growing out and it looked like so nice to me like they were like they were either all gray or they had this beautiful kind of salt and pepper and I feel like every time my hair dye grows out to the fact where I can see enough of it to be like oh like it's just not there's there's quite a bit of gray and it's just like not a good color next to it like the I'm hard like, part oh, I just want to like not dye my hair at some point although I've always thought that like still have it look good <laughs> once I fully tell like I have a lot of gray hair like I'm getting my hair dyed on Tuesday I can already tell like you know all my new hair that's growing back in is gray you lift up any bits of hair like there's a lot of gray in there the process of going from dyed to au naturel is not pretty it's just not 
a good look. Yeah. But once you get there, my goal one day, once I'm sufficiently yeah. gray, yeah. is to like, let it go, endure the painful process, yeah, and then cut it, shave it, get dye it, it, it yeah. super fun colors. Yeah. And do yeah. it, you know, just have like, uh, I'm going to buy a whole load of fun colors at home so I can just do it all at home because fun colors are just stains. They're not actual dyes. So they only last like a week yep. or like, like a handful of washes. And purples and but pinks. And... Because like right now, <laughs> in order to get that color, you have to bleach the crap out of your hair. Mm-hmm. And then my hair just snaps off and I'm on a mission to see if I can actually grow it. So I've stopped blow drying it. I rarely use a hot tool on it. Yep. And I just have root touch ups most of the time when I have my hair dyed and it's now growing Getting and not back. snapping off. So once it actually goes fully gray, which is a great base for crazy colors, I'm going to town. Okay. So that, that's a fun that's thing to look, look forward yeah, to. Yeah, look forward to, exactly. So I do look forward to that. Okay, what number are we on? You said you have three left? I just did my number four. That, that was number four. Oh, man. My, I'm, my list is not very well organized, but... Um, Okay, uh, number four, um, I am afraid, this one's actually kind of ironic given how I feel right now when I train and try to walk upstairs, but like I am afraid of not being able to walk up and down stairs. Dude, I was there in like 39. Right. Well, that's like, right, that's why I'm saying it's hilarious and ironic because like I'll like do a crazy workout now and can barely walk up or down stairs like for days but, but like, to have that is just your every day without yeah because i see when i see um a lot of older folks in my life I, i've known a lot of them who've had to like like they have to like move houses right like they can't mm-hmm. they can't live anywhere with stairs anymore so you're always tied to like finding like first story apartments or like one story houses or um you know i think this came up with when my dad just recently went through th- some health issues and you know the physical therapist always asks like how many stairs are in your home like do you even have to walk from your garage into the house up one or two stairs and it's like a serious indicator of like whether or not they'll let you go home from the hospital is like are there stairs and can you handle them so like for him it was like if for whatever reason our house had tons of stairs like they might not have been able to like let him go home as early um and i was like man that's like we, we take stairs for granted, and I think probably because we have elevators and escalators and ramps and things like that. But um, I don't know. When I think about getting older, I think of, like, stairs as, like, a got to be able to do those as long as possible. My parents live in a three-story home, and I'm always like, I wonder how long that's going to last. Right? Or, like, yeah, what, does the third story just sort of become obsolete after a while? Like, you're not so, – yeah. <laughs> your world gets smaller and smaller without stairs. That is, that is a scary thing. Um, okay, so now finally Hannah makes it to the less superficial things. I mean, there's an element of <laughs> you superficial. You heard it here first. Hannah is 70% superficial. <laughs> She's not wrong. Just kidding. Uh, so number three I had is losing muscle mass and bone density, which you've kind of, you know, we've spoken to. You've, mm-hmm. you've had a couple of points along those lines of just like getting to that point. And, and I hope that for as long as I can continue training. And, you know, like I said, one of the things I've realized is that and one of my goals for the last year and certainly carried through to this year is train smarter, yeah. not necessarily harder, so that I can keep doing this for as long as possible to try and avoid the loss of muscle mass and bone density. And that was one of the things like that came from me stepping on the scale and going, oh, crap. Right. I'm not meant to be like Being that disappointed light. that it's going down. Exactly. Um, 
So, you know, obviously lifting heavy is all relative. You know, heavy in five years time is probably going to look different. But as long as I'm still lifting heavy for me at any given yeah. time to try and make sure that I can do all those things like walk stairs and pick things up off the floor or pick myself up off of the floor. Thank God I'm a fan of burpees. I know, right? Whenever people are like, what are burpees for? It's one of the fundamental <laughs> life skills. Fall on the floor really and get back up. Skill. I mean, recently my uncle had an incident. Mm -hmm. He's now 80. Just turned 80. And has never done a day of exercise in his life and has no muscle mass. And yeah. he fell over in the bathroom at like 2 a.m. and stayed there. Can't until up, someone right? found until him. Until someone found him, yeah. Could not get off the floor. And I was like, I don't want that for myself. So that is that is a fear that you know comes with aging but i do think that unless i get injured and then out of action what we're doing right now it's setting us up pretty well yeah to avoid that totally agreed um okay my next one is again it's like similar i but i like attach it to something i really enjoyed doing um so the the fear of um not being able to put my suitcase in the overhead bin by myself <gasps> Because that, you know, that's like strength and mobility and coordination, but also is tied to like the fact that like I love to travel and I I always feel so bad like when I'm on airplanes and you see people who like they packed a suitcase that they clearly cannot lift. That is one so thing left to help. And one like, of my biggest, biggest pet peeves, yeah. unless you genuinely are an old person. Right. How did or you, you have an injury. <laughs> If you cannot, yeah, if you plan to carry something onto a plane and you cannot pick that up over your head, you should be kicked off the plane. But it's like the airline's fault, right? Because like you used to be able to check bags for free and now like everything's changing where everything costs money. So I get it. Like people try to cram everything they can. And they into, pack the biggest bag yeah. and then they take forever and, trying and to get I've it seen, in there. I mean, I've seen people when they're taking down their bags, like not be able to control the weight and like hit other people in the head like with bags like i mean like accidents happen quite a bit on planes where it's just like oh my gosh like it we don't think about how rare it is to be able to like lift weight up above your head safely if i was um, cabin crew i would literally murder oh, people every flight i know it's it's frustrating so like that's like a practical thing where it's like i want to be able to do that i want to be able to do my own bag and i guess yes if i have to help other people around me i i want to be healthy enough and strong enough to like yeah do that well but um it's also yeah. very satisfying when you're perfectly capable of controlling your bag and uh the dude next to you is like do you need help with that you're right like, no <laughs> i'm no. fine thank you though but please help that other person who clearly can't control the weight of their bag but um yeah so there you go that's like that's a big travel goal of mine is uh either continue to be able to control my suitcase or have the wisdom to pack lighter as I get less strong. Control your suitcase, people, <laughs> or just check the damn bag. All right. Number two, which has nothing to do with aesthetics. Okay. Is um, my biggest, one of my greatest fears, obviously it's at number two with aging, is that kind of growing sense of fear at pushing yourself to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. And this, again, came from our gymnastics session. Like, I got home and I was like, wow, you know, once upon a time, it'd be trying out all sorts of crazy stuff mm -hmm. and a lot of things. I mean, also some of it is to do with, you know, just not feeling a hundred percent. And by that stage of the evening, I was really cold, tired and ready to just curl up in bed. But I also noticed that there is 
an increasing even if it's like not necessarily presents itself as fear just less of a desire to be hurt yep and the protection of things that have been hurt like i will protect my neck like so much to oh, the yeah. point where right. there's you, certain things you were things, not tumbling you yeah, weren't gonna do any somersaults there's that certain day things that like... i just i'm happy to not do yeah because i'm not willing to risk you know doing one stupid thing and then like, weeks of pain yep and for me it's my ankle i'm always like i totally feel that it was uh yeah that that gymnastics that was interesting because it was fun and we wanted to play but both of us definitely had our fear like mm-hmm. spots right neck ankle like upside down you know like everyone has kind of a different thing but um but it also yeah. the good thing you know obviously there was things that you know actually coming away from that gymnastic session i was kind of happy that like there's certain things that you know i watched you do that i was like nope i'm not gonna like land on my neck or yeah. you know tumble over that way or risk that but i was okay i wasn't like in the past i might have walked away being like you know annoyed and right. frustrated oh, and just like that. Yeah. why can she do yeah. that and i can't kind of thing and this time around, I was just like, no, I'm actually good. And that's a, that's a new thing for me to be like, oh, I'm fine to not do that particular thing. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, a big wuss now and I won't try things. I absolutely will. But there's certain things that I'm very much okay to go, no, 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 thanks. Um, but it did also make me walk away and go, I need to make sure that I continue to take on challenges, try things that do push me out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone. Um so that that like sort of sense of fear is constantly challenged yeah and doesn't just overwhelm me one day i can't believe i'm the kind of person that would get overwhelmed but who knows what happens when you age yeah i okay so i that i feel like my my number one was very similar to that um and so i'm gonna swap in another one that is is kind of adjacent but like um yeah like because one of mine was like i fear becoming more fearful like, right, like mm-hmm. having that fear increase as I get older rather than like at least maintaining or continuing to face fears and actually try to diminish fear in my life. But I think similar, another way I wrote it um, on my list um, is, I, you know, I fear losing the ability to say yes to things. So, right, like when when someone is like, hey, do you want to come to this open gym at the gymnastics gym? Like we're like, yes, that sounds fun. And I think we underestimate sometimes how hard it is to say yes. What if our friend who invited us to this? Abby, shout out to you. Like yeah. the profound effect. Right? I mean, like, I'm session. sure she, she had no idea that, like, asking, you know, these two women at her gym that are fellow coaches of hers who are more than double her age would give us so much thought. But it, it is, right? Like, and I think of, um, you know, P, uh, gosh, on your original podcast years ago, before I did Kilimanjaro, you asked me why. And one of my reasons why is because my cousin just asked me and I said yes. Right? But, like, just saying yes, there's a lot that goes into that when it's something maybe you're afraid of or something you don't know if you're prepared for. So just that ability to like be able to say yes more than you have to say no when it comes to like your physical and mental preparation. So like I want to be able to say yes when people come up with some new idea. Like if you were like, do you want to sail to Hawaii uh, next summer on some boat? I want to be like, yes. And I'm sure I'll have follow up questions. But right, like, but there's no physical or mental reason why I couldn't say yes 
to some awesome offer to do something, you know, physically challenging, mentally challenging. Um, I'm actually thinking about this this episode and like that sense of fear. It was like Rachel's birthday is in March and she was talking about how she wants to climb up Mount Whitney and build a snow kitchen. <laughs> and <laughs> she, was, Mount, uh, she turns Mount to me Whitney. and she goes, I would invite you, but I, I don't know if that would be your thing. Uh-huh. And like, I was like, I went, I walked into my home and like five minutes later, I was like, I think I'm going to do it. She sent me a text message. It was like, I think I might say yes to that. And I was like, what? So yeah, we'll keep you posted. I was going to say, I feel like we, we do need to talk about that tremor because, because you and my, my partner, Jeff also, um, has expressed the same interest for the same reason, like needs to try more things outside his comfort zone. So that could be a future episode. We'll, we'll talk through that, that trip. Um, all right. All right. This is one. Number one. Number one. What is it? So actually, it's not saggy knees. It's not. It's, it's not <laughs> aesthetic actually at all. Well, all right. Not really. Um, you had this as I think your number seven. Um, but I put this as my number one fear oh. of not being able to use my body because of something like arthritis. Okay. Wow. And right. not being able to do those things. Like, that, a- like you know, even mentally, if I can get past any sense of fear and say yes to something. Mm-hmm. The thought that I know that I have to say no because there's no physical possibility that I could do that. And that would, it it will happen. Or maybe the it challenges that we do I mean, will just uh, yeah. kind of be challenges, but, you know, all relative challenges, right? Yeah. So maybe we're not like summiting the highest peak in the contiguous United States. Maybe we're doing something different, but it's still at that time of our lives, a suitable challenge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of, you know, a, a big fear. And, yeah. you know, that reminds me when I'm doing stuff like 30 days of clean eating and no alcohol and the days when it's hard and you want to cave and give in and mm-hmm. just eat some crap or whatever or just drink a bottle of wine just because, you're, you know, I frequently have it run through my head. Like, I'm a grown up. I could quit. I'm yeah. okay with that. And then I'm like, what, why am I doing this? Cause it's not, like I said, this is what I'm doing right now is not about losing weight, Yeah. but it is a lot about like the discipline part to make sure that I am on top of stuff like this and that I am feeding myself the good stuff and being able to say no to the things that don't allow me to go and do awesome, crazy stuff and certainly don't promote long-term health and that is not to say that I plan to live my life like a freaking saint and only eat organic (laughs) vegetables and you know super lean meat and never have a drink no thank you that's it's not that that's wrong if that's how you want to live your life great it's not how I want to live my entire life I do believe in balance and with balance comes you know some some boozing occasionally and some pieces of cake and stuff like that but I enjoy that challenge of like the discipline of like you know what my low level hunger right now is not an emergency yeah and that the flavor of the kind of foods that i'm eating right now i really notice that flavor and now i'm like i love filling myself full of vegetables mm-hmm. and delicious pieces of fish and lean meats and stuff like that and by having that discipline and remembering like Going back to kind of cooking, because I get very lazy with cooking. But, like, after a week of eating, like, super lean turkey and white fish and stuff, <laughs> you got to get creative in the kitchen. Absolutely, yeah. Or it is miserable. So, you know, there's 
if if you get struck down by something like rheumatoid arthritis, that's right. That's I mean, yeah, the, the hereditary and is different. It's and, tough. Yeah. And it's not to say that even if I did absolutely everything right, I will never get smacked with some osteoarthritis. I will, no doubt. Oh yeah, I mean, it's natural aging, right? It's like we're all gonna need glasses at some point. We're all you know natural aging, but it is. It's you know it's that you know they always say like again. Got a, got a reference to Atomic Habits, you know, because I just read it last week for the third time. Um, but it's this idea of like, right, like the compounding interest of small daily things. You might not notice or see the benefits of eating all that broccoli, but like you're you're paying into basically your body's retirement fund, right? It's mm-hmm. the same reason why we pay into like a 401k, like with every paycheck, um, you know, or like put some savings away, stuff like that is like, you, you don't it's not saving for two weeks from now it's saving like 20 30 40 years from now and like physically all the weightlifting we do all the different dietary choices like it is it's like adding yeah just adding to that bank um and yeah perfection is not it um i'm sure if eating broccoli every day were guaranteed to save us from all kinds of disease hopefully more people would do it maybe they wouldn't but um but yeah so my last one my my top one is uh Yes, a little bit related to that because, um, again, in my travel and mountaineering and, like, all those goals, which are so important to me, I need to, like, be physically healthy, right, to carry things up mountains or even just to, like, travel in cities, right? Like, I love going to European cities that are cobblestone, that are all, like, full of, you know, hills and and, and cathedral staircases and all this kind of stuff. Um, but what I realized making this list is, like, similar to the paying into my retirement fund financially, there are things I want to do that I cannot afford to do right now. And I might not be able to afford them for like decades. Like if I actually want to climb Mount Vincent in Antarctica, which is the seven summit for Antarctica, um, it's not a big mountain. It's not super challenging in and of itself. But right now it costs a minimum of $60,000 to get there because you have like, like just the travel and all the like gear and support um, I don't have $60,000. So like, say I want to do that when I'm 60, I can save up money over all those years. Like I got to be a really healthy 60 year old. Um, so sort of the, the paying into those dividends now, if that means I can check some of these bucket list things off later in life when I can actually afford them mm-hmm. or pay for more people to like carry my bags. <laughs> right. But it's like, I want to be healthy for as long as possible because like the world is big and it's full of mountains I want to climb and things I want to do. And I, I, I'm not going to be able to do them all in my quote unquote prime years. I think the health thing is so important. Like just talking to my parents over Christmas about family members. And it's like almost everyone has something going on. You know, everyone who's like 60 plus has got stuff going on that's holding them back or preventing them from doing stuff. And like, I've had a fundamental shift in my coaching focus over the last year to go from just like, oh, you want to lose weight? Here's some macros. Go after it. And I don't really care what you eat. Just hit the numbers to like, actually, if you're not working on a solid foundation of health and that encompasses Mm -hmm. like all aspects of your living, not just your mental health, but like, like, you know, your sleep and your stress and, you know, how you take care of yourself and like what is kind of comes under the umbrella of wellness, then you know, what does it matter what you weigh, right? You got to be healthy first and foremost and able 
to be active and fit and mm-hmm. lift and train and adventure and all the rest of it. And then, you know, firstly, when you're out doing all that good stuff, freaking saggy eyelids are not important. Right. Probably not. There are not a lot of mirrors in Antarctica. Like, you're not <laughs> even going to see your eyelids and you're going to be covered by, um, you know, glacier goggles. And, and having <laughs> a, you know, firmer, more youthful looking body will be part of it because you're able mm-hmm. to be out there and do that. So, you know, by focusing on health, you'll find that a lot of the other things that people have traditionally focused on kind of line up and fall into place. Yep. So there it is. Ooh, now you know what I we're like scared this. of. You know what we're afraid of, but it's this. either fixable with technology or we have started on the road to conquer those fears anyway in different ways. And it all comes down to eating broccoli every day. Eating broccoli. Just eat broccoli every day. And then I eat broccoli every day. Almost. You won't have bingo wings yeah, and I your hair it. won't fall out. <laughs> Can you imagine if broccoli was that I mean, much you know what I, I would just love to know if broccoli really were the answer. How many people would still not eat broccoli, though? They would turn into, like, broccoli pills. Well, that's true, actually. And there already are, like, broccoli extract. You can already do that. But, yeah, you're right. They'd they'd pharmaceuticalize it. I don't think that's a word. We'll have, like, IV bags of broccoli (laughs) juice. (laughs) I would do that. Plug in an IV of... Uh, I mean, I'd still want to eat broccoli because I actually like broccoli. Maybe it's in but... our future. We'll be, we'll be in a like broccoli juice salon yeah. getting our IV infusions while someone dyes our hair with broccoli dye yeah. while we're eating broccoli. It will be fascinating to see how like technology of food catches up. Because it's true, right? Everyone, like there's like super greens powders and stuff like that. And like they have some nutrients. And But you're right. I'm sure eventually there will be all kinds of pills that people take that supposedly will... Keep it so they don't have to actually eat a real piece of broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) The quest for eternal youth. Oh, I wish broccoli could sponsor our podcast. I know. Green giant? (laughs) You're out there? No, no, no. I don't want like some big ass like factory farming like green giant. Let's get some organic broccoli sponsorship. (laughs) Local broccoli. Brought to you. Well, as ever, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We would love to hear your fears about aging and whether if you're older than us, some of these things that we're talking about are completely ridiculous. And if you're younger, (laughs) how horrified you are at the prospects that things are going to change and that one day you too will have bingo wings and saggy eyelids. But uh, Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. We'll bring you plenty more interesting stuff over the course of this year. And we will chat to you soon.